Hey, folks, welcome to our ongoing coverage of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. I am, of course, attorney Andrew Branca for Law of Self-Defense. Well, today completed the third day of jury deliberations in the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse with no verdict being achieved before the jury was sent home for the day. There wasn't much real action today in the legal sense, with the exception of a couple of notable events, and my own increasing belief that we're dealing with a single holdout juror for guilt, and that this juror is number 54, the four-person. Before I jump into things, I do want to mention I do have a special offer for all of you today to get a free copy of our book, best-selling book, The Law of Self-Defense, third edition. This book is available on Amazon for $25 plus shipping and handling. We're making the book available to all of you for free, except we do ask that you still cover the cost of shipping the book to you. This is a real physical book, 200 plus pages. It's not just some kind of ebook, which is why, of course, there's a shipping cost. I'll share the link for that offer with all of you in just a moment. Early in the day, the judge called the court into session with just the lawyers, no jury, to inform them that apparently a freelancer for some arm of NBC News was believed to have been following the jury bus when this freelancer was pulled over and cited for running a red light. The concern, of course, is that this person was seeking to photograph or otherwise identify the jurors. The judge announced that not just that individual, but NBC News generally would be excluded from the courthouse for the duration of the deliberations. And here's the brief explanation by Judge Schroeder of these events. It's only about three minutes long. Here we go. All right. Uh, this is uh, pertinent to the case of the state against uh, Rittenhouse and um The media have been asking questions. There's been conversation around this morning. We had invested. We had asked the uh, media coordinator to uh, determine possible whereabouts of uh, certain persons uh, because we received a report this morning uh, from the Kenosha Police Department that uh, last evening. Well, and let me just set this background here. Um, the jury in this case is being uh, transported from a different location in a bus with the uh, windows uh, uh, covered so that they don't have to look at any, aren't exposed to any signs by one side or another or interest uh, in the case. And uh, so it's a, I'm going to call it a sealed bus. And uh, that's been done every day. And then they're brought here to this building. And um, last evening, um, a person who identified himself as James G. Morrison and who claimed that he was a producer with NBC News, employed uh, for N MSNBC um, and under the supervision of a person. What's going on? Oh, okay. Uh, under the supervision of someone named Irene Bayon in New York uh, for MSNBC. Uh, the police, when they stopped him, because he was following at a distance of about a, a block and uh, went through a red light, pulled him over and inquired of him what was going on, and he gave that information and stated that he had been instructed by Ms. Bayon in New York to follow the jury bus. Uh, the matter is uh, under further investigation at this point. 
Um, and the media has asked questions about it. That's the latest I have. Um, and he was ticketed for uh, violating a traffic control signal. Uh, he's not here today from what I'm told. And um, I have instructed that no one from MSNBC News will be permitted in this building for the duration of this trial. Uh, this is a very serious matter, and I don't know what the ultimate truth of it is, but absolutely it, it, it would go without much thinking that someone who is following a, the jury bus, uh, that is a very, ex, it's extremely serious matter, and uh, will be referred to the uh, proper authorities for further action. Thank you. When the jury was brought into the courtroom for purposes of dismissal today, shortly after 4 p.m. Wisconsin time, Judge Schroeder imprudently asked if any of them had any questions for him. One did. A woman juror asked if she could be permitted to take home a copy of the 36 or so pages of jury instructions. The judge looked over to the parties, the state and the defense, and although the state appeared to make no particular signal, defense attorney Mark Richards shook his head slightly, but observably no. Despite this, Judge Schroeder announced that he would agree to the request and that the same option would be extended to all of the jurors. Whether only the one juror who made the request ultimately took home the instructions or whether multiple or even all the jurors did is unknown. Frankly, it's rather remarkable that any juror who had already been struggling with the instructions for more than seven hours today alone, as well as the two prior days, would be interested in continuing to work with that at home in the evenings. Frankly, I think it was a bad call both for Judge Schroeder to agree to this request as well as to do so in the manner that he did. First of all, if he wants all the jurors to return to deliberations fresh and rested tomorrow morning, the last thing he should want is any jurors continuing to work on these instructions alone into the night. Second, allowing the jurors to take the instructions home encourages what lawyers call the dictionary game. This occurs when the jurors start to do their own research into what various terms in the instructions might mean, including looking words up in the dictionary. The trouble with encouraging such behavior by the jurors is that a word, like, say, provocation, has a specific, narrow, legal meaning in the context of jury instructions that differ from the general, broader, common-use meaning one might find in a dictionary. Jurors are not supposed to make use of outside resources to inform their arriving at a verdict, but permitting them to take the jury instructions home encourages exactly that. To illustrate, many types of conduct might be considered provocative in the general sense, but in the specific legal use-of-force sense, conduct is only provocative if it immediately results in a forcible response. So Kyle's coming to Kenosha open carrying an AR-15 rifle might be considered provocative in the general sense, but not in the narrow legal sense that would strip him of the legal defense of self-defense because that conduct did not immediately result in a forcible response. Third, the judge addressed this question from the juror in front of the lawyers and looked to them for a response. That means that Mark Richards' shaking of his head, indicating he preferred the jurors not to be given the instructions despite their request, could be observed by the jurors. Richards appearing to prefer the denial of the jurors' request could be perceived negatively by that juror and others, 
creating a bias against the defense. The judge should instead have either discussed the request with the lawyers while the jury was removed from the courtroom or, more conveniently, have held an impromptu whispered bench conference with the jury present but outside of their range of hearing. Next, I have my suspicion of what, or rather who, is holding up a verdict in this case. Before I jump into that, though, I want to make all of you the offer to get a copy of our best-selling book, The Law of Self-Defense, third edition, for free. This book is sold on Amazon normally for $25. That's the current price there, plus whatever the shipping and handling is. I do encourage you to look at the book there because we have about a 1,000 reviews and a solid five-star rating, but don't order the book there for $25. Order it from us for free. We only ask that you cover the shipping and handling. This is a real physical book, some 200 plus pages in length, not just an ebook, and we're making it available to all of you for free. Just cover the shipping and handling. You can take advantage of that opportunity at lawofselfdefense.com slash free book. I do caution that sometimes the volume of traffic these offers drive to our website results in the website crashing or not working quite right. So if you have any trouble with that offer, just wait an hour or a day and try again. The offer's not going anywhere. We'll leave it up for the durations of deliberations in this trial. Again, that's lawofselfdefense.com slash free book. Okay, I have a growing suspicion that this jury has not yet arrived at a unanimous verdict of acquittal only because of the resistance of juror number 54, a woman who also happens to be the foreperson and who seems to be the holdout against acquittal. The jury selection risk to Kyle was always going to be that a mask Karen type, usually of leftist political persuasion, bossy, entitled, status sensitive, would be seated on the jury. Such a person would be most unlikely to ever vote for acquittal, her social group would necessarily know she had done so, given the unanimous nature of an acquittal. In addition, this type of person is likely to seize the leadership position of four-person on a jury to suit their bossy and entitled nature. Such a person also tends to be outspoken and forward in circumstances where other people would defer to apparently higher authority. There has been one apparently female juror who on several occasions can be overheard being unusually familiar with Judge Schroeder, not in the sense of knowing him personally, but in the sense of engaging in a relaxed discussion that one does not usually find between a juror and a trial judge. Then we have the jury note from yesterday asking for access to the exhibit number five drone video footage and related evidence. It was written by juror number 54, the jury four person, and an apparent woman, I'll embed that note in the text version of today's content. To me, the tone of that note suggests to me a person who wrote it that's accustomed to giving orders to underlings, to personal assistants, staff, household help. And here the note is being addressed in this tone, kind of a disparaging tone, to the trial judge as if the judge were a staffer to the jury foreperson. Then this evening, we had the very unusual request to be permitted to take the jury instructions home made by a single juror, a female juror. I suspect that all of this conduct is that of juror number 54, the female foreperson of the jury, who I suspect is precisely the kind of mass Karen, left-leaning, bossy, entitled, and status-sensitive juror that would be most likely to hold out against acquittal. 
Finally, my friend Jack Posobiec was kind enough to remind me that during jury selection, I'd made a particular note of juror number 54 at the time. As I was live commenting right here at Legal Insurrection, I wrote, number 54 knows some of the witnesses named, but could set that aside. I've also heard from sources in a position to know that when polling was done around jury selection, prospective jurors who knew any participants in the August 2020 riots, which would likely include some of the witnesses, tended to trend 75% against acquittal. Now that's all just a guess, but one informed by some experience with both juries and mass Karen types. So here's the video of Judge Schroeder dismissing the jury for the day, including the discussion around taking the jury instructions home. Uh, it's about five minutes in length. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, you've certainly put in a full day and uh, have asked to retire for the evening, which uh, uh, is fine. And I'm going to ask, that uh, you, uh, is 9 o'clock okay again tomorrow? Okay. Uh, any uh, questions, anybody? Uh, now, um, does it pertain to your deliberations at all? As opposed to mechanics about whether or not take the, can you take the jury instructions home? Um, 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 yes. Um, yes, um, but you obviously can't talk to anybody about them. Yeah, um, yes, you may do so. And um, any um, question? Okay, uh, same rules. Don't read, watch, or listen to any count of the trial. And, um, and uh, don't discuss the case with anybody. And we'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the evening. Good afternoon, the most patient people in America. Um, we're going to break for the day. And I'm going to ask you to return tomorrow at 9. Is that uh, going to be okay? And I know we're over our time uh, by, uh, that I talked about initially. Um, and uh, you're, you're magnificent jurors. Um, please adhere to the same rules. Don't read, watch, or listen to any account of the trial. And um, don't discuss the case with anyone, not even with your fellow jurors. Any, any question? Okay, thank you. See you tomorrow. He's got a book there that says the PAC defense, so uh, I know it is reading matters. But um, now the record will reflect that I, um, it's probably a bad habit to ask the jury any questions. Um, and uh, you can do that. You can get away with that a lot, and then all of a sudden you learn your lesson. Although I don't think it's any harm done. But uh, I typically do that, as you know, throughout the trial, and uh, I don't don't usually have this situation. Um, but anyway, uh, and then I did it a second time. But anyway, uh, the record will reflect that when I asked, uh, when the juror inquired if they, if she could take the instructions home, which also means can they take the instructions home, uh, I didn't see reaction from the state side. I did see a wag of the head by Mr. Richards uh, urging me to say no, but I did it anyway. So, 
Did you want to make a record on it? I just, I'm afraid it's going to be the old dictionary game, and they start defining words and things like that, the outside research. Yeah. That's my concern. Well, actually, no, because they could do that at home without having the paperwork, and instead they have the wonderful, concise jury instructions uh, that uh, I've, I, I have to say, you know, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I watch a little TV in, in, in the morning and in the evening, and some of the greatest legal minds in the country, I'm delighted to say, agree with us that the instructions are very confusing. But um, uh, so, I don't think it would be appropriate for the for them to bring their notes home. No, you're right about that. No notes to go home. That's correct. So no notes to go home, but the they may take their instructions. If they have notes on their instructions, I'm going to let them take those. Okay. Uh, anything else? Okay. See you in the morning. Thank you. Okay, folks, that's all I have for all of you on this topic today. Until tomorrow morning, and don't forget to join us in the morning for our Verdict Watch blog over at LegalInsurrection.com. But until then, remember, if you carry a gun so you're hard to kill, that's why I carry a gun, so I'm hard to kill, my family is hard to kill, then you also owe it to yourself and your family to make sure you know the law so you're hard to convict. Until then, I remain Attorney Andrew Branca for Law of Self-Defense. Stay safe.